Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the transformative pages of the book you wish your parents had read and your children will be glad that you did by renowned British psychotherapist and author Philippa Perry. With a career dedicated to exploring the depths of human relationships and mental well-being, Perry guides readers through the intricate landscape of modern parenting. Her alternative approach to raising children emphasizes emotional intelligence and caters to the evolving dynamics of contemporary families. This book is a powerful resource for any parent aspiring to nurture a healthy, happy childhood for their children. It's equally enlightening for expectant parents who are eager to embrace parenting with insight and grace. Even if you're on a journey to heal and understand your own childhood, this book offers the empathetic wisdom that could have been a balm for your younger self. Perry, with her rich background in psychotherapy, including impactful works like Couch Fiction, A Graphic Tale of Psychotherapy, and How to Stay Sane, equips readers with the tools to build strong, resilient family bonds. If you're ready to transform your approach to parenting and wish to foster an environment where emotional development is paramount, then this revealing book might just be the guide you've been searching for. Join us as we summarize the core principles that can help shape a generation of well-rounded, emotionally intelligent individuals. The book you wish your parents had read, and your children will be glad that you did. Sound parenting advice based on psychology. Introduction, Unpacking Parenting Myths for Healthier Family Dynamics. Imagine a world where your childhood experiences shape not just your memories, but the very approach you take to raising your own children. Every frustration, every moment of dismissiveness that you faced as a child serves as a lesson in the school of parenting, a guide to do better. That's the essence of Philippa Perry's touching and insightful exploration in the book you wish your parents had read and your children will be glad that you did. In this narrative, we delve deep into the heart of family life, unearthing the psychological undercurrents that define the relationships within. Perry doesn't offer quick fixes or the latest trends in child-rearing. Instead, she pulls back the curtain on how emotional intelligence can cultivate a loving and nurturing environment for both you and your children. It's a call to parents to examine their actions and the lasting impact they have on the family tapestry. Throughout our journey, we will unravel some of the long-held beliefs and uncover truths such as the resilience of children raised by single parents, the positive signs of a baby who seeks your constant touch, and the profound insights your own upbringing can impart on your parenting style. Buckle up as we transform paradigms and embark on a path toward more harmonious and understanding family relations. Part 1. Reflect on your childhood to enhance your parenting approach. Parenting, often imagined as an art form bestowed upon us the moment our children arrive, can sometimes feel like a high-stakes role we've been cast in without so much as a dress rehearsal. But buried within each of us lies a deep-seated knowledge of parenting, one encoded in our memories, seen through the eyes of our younger selves. For better or worse, 
Our childhood is our first classroom in the lifelong course of family relationships. To become the parents we aspire to be, we must hold up a mirror to our own reflections, understanding that we are the most vital characters in the stories our children will one day tell. It's not enough to simply react to our children's actions. We must pause and consider the roots of our own responses. Take, for example, the case of Oscar, who experienced a surge of irritation towards his young son's seemingly careless dining habits. With some introspection, Oscar traced the source of his ire back to his own childhood, where food mishaps were met with harsh reprimands. He realized that his reactions were less about his son's behavior and more about his past, and that recognition opened the door to change. To break the cycle of emotional responses that may hinder our parenting, it's crucial to confront the memories lingering from our formative years, the good and the bad. Reflecting on how these experiences made us feel then and how we perceive them now can be a transformative exercise in empathetic parenting. The flare-up of negative emotions, such as anger or frustration, can actually serve as a beacon, signaling deeper issues tied to our own past disappointments, jealousies, or hurts. By using these emotional flare-ups as cues to explore our childhood experiences, we can transition from knee-jerk reactions to responses that are reflective and nurturing. By acknowledging and understanding our emotional history, we're not only improving our parenting, but also rewriting our narratives, giving ourselves permission to parent from a place of sensitivity and wisdom. This process isn't about assigning blame. It's about moving forward with the kind of conscious love and patience that will define our children's upbringing and, ultimately, their perception of us as their parents. Part 2. Create a Nurturing Space for Your Child's Growth Consider the analogy of nurturing a young sapling. Just like a tree, a child's full potential is hinged upon the right conditions, a sturdy space to put down roots, consistent care, and the kind of environment that fosters growth. A lack of this nurturing environment doesn't stop a child from growing. It simply stunts the breadth of their potential. We often hold a preconceived notion that a traditional family unit is necessary to create the optimal conditions for a child's development. However, evidence does not discriminate between children raised by single parents versus those from nuclear families. The key to your child's flourishing isn't found in the family structure. It lies in the health of the relationships that populate their world. A robust family environment, one that offers deep, meaningful and supportive relationships, transcends the boundaries of family configurations. These early connections, be they with parents, extended family or friends, will shape a child's self-perception and the way they navigate the outside world. For single parents, this means the relationship you maintain with your former partner can significantly affect your child. It's fundamental to speak of your co-parent with respect. Focusing on their strengths as how you perceive them becomes intertwined with your child's self-identity. Remember, a child often sees their parents as two halves of a whole, and disparaging one parent can inadvertently send negative messages about a part of themselves. Moreover, it's not just about the relationships we create, but how we manage conflicts within them. The residue of unresolved arguments can leave a lasting impression and in the worst cases make children wrongfully assume they are the cause.
we must strive for arguments that aim for resolution, not for victory. This involves expressing ourselves clearly, validating each other's feelings, and tackling one disagreement at a time, rather than resorting to toxic disputes. Creating an optimal environment for your child means fostering a secure base for them to branch out from. It's about building a circle of close, trusting relationships and dealing with disagreements constructively. When children are surrounded by love and stability, the family structure becomes just a backdrop to their thriving personal growth. Part 3. Embracing your child's emotions leads to healthier outcomes. It's a scenario replete with eye rolls and sighs. The sheer force of a child's meltdown over what appears to us to be minutiae, like the tragic denial of post-dinner ice cream. In these moments, our parental instinct might be to squash the outburst, to rationalize away the emotion. Yet, such attempts to invalidate their feelings can have unintended, lasting consequences. We all, children and adults alike, have an innate need to be heard, to feel that our emotions matter. When we dismiss our children's upsetting experiences as insignificant, we inadvertently teach them to bury those emotions. This, as we can imagine, is the groundwork for unhealthy emotional management later in life. Consider the scenario of a child recoiling from a visit to grandma's due to the dread of her icky vegetable soup. A curt, eat and be grateful might halt the complaining, but it also sends a message that her discomfort doesn't warrant consideration. Fast forward, and this same child encounters an unpleasant situation that provokes that same icky feeling such as inappropriate behavior from an adult. To her, the emotional signal is the same, but now she has learned, through us, that such feelings may not be worthy of attention. Fortunately, we can take a more supportive path by acknowledging our children's emotions, validating their feelings without necessarily bowing to their will. It's not about succumbing to whims. It's about communication expressing our understanding of their turmoil. Take the story of Dave and his daughter Nova, for example. Nova's routine was sacred to her, and deviations from it brought on her fiercest tantrums. In her world, right and wrong often meant familiar and unfamiliar. When Dave's typical responses failed to calm Nova, he shifted his approach. He looked into her tear-filled eyes and recognized her frustration verbally, promising next time would be different. This simple gesture, validating her feelings rather than denying them, worked wonders. And remember, validation doesn't mean spoiling or indulging. It signifies respect for their emotional experiences, giving them space to feel, and then guiding them gently to a resolution. By acknowledging their emotions and offering empathy, we not only help defuse the immediate crisis, but also model how to handle feelings constructively, a skill they'll carry with them throughout their lives. Part 4. Cultivating Secure Attachments in Infancy for Long-Term Well-Being Upon entering this vast, bewildering world, a newborn's needs go beyond the physical realm of food, warmth, and shelter. The world they encounter is novel and overwhelming, and they look to us, their caregivers, as beacons of stability and safety against the chaos of their new environment. It is through this lens that the concept of attachment takes center stage in the lives of our youngest humans. The hardwiring for attachment in infants is strong. 
a biological imperative that ensures survival. Babies are drawn to forge deep connections with those who respond to their cries for nourishment, comfort, and closeness. The development of what is known as a secure attachment style hinges on this responsiveness. It becomes the foundation upon which a child builds their worldview, trust in others, and social interactions. Meeting your baby's material and emotional needs consistently doesn't spoil them but rather sets the stage for optimistic and sociable traits. This nurturing approach in the early months even explains the clinginess that babies often exhibit as they approach their first year, a sign not of overindulgence, but of successful attachment. It's the child's way of saying, I trust you, you are my safe haven. This clinginess, while perhaps exhausting for the primary caregiver, signals a critical transition point leading up to an important cognitive milestone, object permanence. This is when a child understands that things and people that disappear from their sight still exist. Recognizing this permanence reassures the child that separations are temporary, which gradually eases the anxiety of these moments. As our children evolve from infants to toddlers, our roles as their emotional anchors don't diminish. Growth necessitates change, and so too must our approach in supporting our children's mental and emotional development. The seeds of confidence and trust we plant in the early days continue to need nurturing, and as parents, we are tasked with providing the sustenance for this growth. In the chapters ahead, we'll explore how our roles must adapt to support our children as they navigate the complexities of their expanding worlds. Part 5. Paving the way for your child's mental well-being. In today's world, we're finally acknowledging the vital role mental health plays in our lives, and this awareness is doubly significant when it comes to our children. Their psychological landscapes are fertile ground, impressionable and delicate, and the patterns we help establish can reverberate throughout their lifetimes. One of the most empowering gifts we can give our children is the gift of presence, particularly through engaged observation. Listening to our children is more than waiting for our turn to speak. It's about truly perceiving their emotions, their unspoken feelings, and the messages they convey beyond words. This level of attentiveness nurtures not just a solid bond, but also a space where your child feels genuinely understood. In an era where smartphones command an increasing share of our attention, we must be mindful of their usage around our young ones. Phone addiction not only robs us of precious moments with our children, but can also spark a sense of exclusion in them. They, in turn, are at risk of modeling this behavior, carrying the cycle of distraction into their own lives. But it's not just about curbing screen time. It's about intentional engagement with our children. Feeling unseen or unheard prompts children to act out in a bid for the recognition they crave. By offering them our attentive connection, we preempt these calls for attention, creating an environment where disruptive behavior is less of a necessity because their emotional needs are being met proactively. And let's not forget the profound significance of play. It's easy to dismiss it as mere child's amusement, but play is a crucial teaching ground. It is through imaginative games, like tea parties with stuffed friends or building complex fortresses, that children experiment with narratives and roles, 
developing their cognitive abilities and creativity. These moments of play are not just whimsical diversions, but rather essential exercises in exploration and problem solving. By actively encouraging and participating in them, we can stoke the flames of curiosity and learning. Together, these actions amount to investing in our children's mental health through listening attentively, balancing technology use, responding with sensitivity, and valuing play. We lay the foundations for a future adult who is not only psychologically resilient, but also deeply engaged with the vibrant world around them. Part 6. Combating Willpower. Conflicts with Empathetic Parenting. It's a narrative many of us are familiar with. The idea of raising children as a constant tug of war. A game of endurance where willpower dictates the rules. This perspective frames every child's outburst and every issue as a challenge to parental authority. With the expectation that parents must emerge victorious to maintain order. However, Philippa Perry offers a refreshing alternative that moves away from power struggles. Consider Perry's own experience with her daughter, Flo. A seemingly simple request to walk rather than be stroller-bound turned into a potential conflict when Flo stopped for a rest. At first, frustration bubbled up. Why wouldn't she move? But rather than focus on the delay, Perry reflected on Flo's tired legs and her curiosity with the smaller wonders of life, like ants on a sidewalk. This wasn't insolence or stubbornness. It was a child engaging with her world in the most natural way she knew. This mindset shifts away from looking at parent-child interactions as battles to be won. Instead, it hinges on understanding the deeper experiences underpinning our children's actions. But beyond patience, it also revolves around fostering key social and emotional skills within ourselves. After all, children learn most from the behaviors we model. Tolerating frustration is one such skill. Life with children will test our patience, but how we respond under that pressure sets the tone for how our children will manage their own frustrations. Flexibility, or the ability to adapt to the unexpected, is another crucial skill, especially when it means setting aside our own preferences for the well-being of our little ones. We should also hone our problem-solving capabilities, anticipating and addressing potential conflicts before they escalate. Sometimes. Being proactive can be as simple as allowing our children the time they need, as with Flo's need for a break. The final and perhaps most important skill is empathy. Empathy enables us to connect with our children, appreciate their perspectives and feelings, and respond accordingly. In understanding Flo's perspective, Perry avoided unnecessary conflict and fostered a moment of learning instead. By prioritizing these skills, frustration, tolerance, flexibility, problem-solving, and empathy, we create a family dynamic that is more about mutual understanding and less about confrontation. And it is within this nurturing environment that children can grow into well-adjusted adults, equipped not only with respect for others' needs, but also a sense of being valued themselves. This empathetic approach to parenting positions us not as opposing forces in our children's lives, but as their allies and most influential teachers. Final summary. When it comes to parenting, it can be all too easy to see ourselves locked in a struggle of willpower with our little ones. However, 
This view misses the essential nature of parenting as a relational journey, one that, when nurtured mindfully, evolves into a deep, enriching bond. Much of the clashes we encounter with our children can be traced back to the echoes of our own childhood experiences, often setting the stage unconsciously for how we parent. Reflecting on the past is key. By understanding our own upbringing and confronting the emotions it surfaces, we can prevent ourselves from repeating the patterns we were once subject to. Our focus should not be on exerting control over our children's actions, but rather on introspection and self-regulation as parents. This implies a strategic shift from controlling to understanding, from suppressing to supporting. Parenting isn't about domination. It's about molding ourselves into the role models our children inherently seek. By managing our reactions, validating our children's feelings, fostering secure attachments in infancy, and embracing the crucial social skills of tolerance, flexibility, problem-solving, and empathy, we create an atmosphere in which children can thrive, not just as extensions of us, but as independent, confident individuals. In closing, parenting is a delicate dance of give and take, where the steps we choose profoundly influence not only the immediate harmony of our families, but also the future well-being of our children. This reciprocal process is most effective when we approach it with a heart tuned to the past and eyes open to the endless possibilities of a future built on understanding and love. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.